Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. Noted arsonist Brent Venables, wanted for lighting a four-alarm fire under Gus Malzahn's hot seat. Baker Mayfield is as good at planting flags as he is at evading cops. Clemson is 2-0, and life is good. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is the Auburn Recap and Louisville Preview Show. I'm your host, Nick, joined tonight by Ben and Cody, my fellow podcast co-hosts. Boys, how are you doing tonight? You know, I knew Irma, Hurricane Irma, was a big storm. I didn't realize it was going to hit us out here in San Francisco. It's We've got thunder. We've got lightning. We're forecast for 0.2 inches of rain. I don't know if you guys know how much that is, but it takes about 13 and a half seconds to accumulate that much. Crazy stuff out here. Yeah, we, we never see lightning, but, you know, thoughts, prayers, everything else to people that are dealing with the hurricane uh, issues back east. Yeah, absolutely. I've including got, my family and your family. Yeah, as well, my then. family. I've got family in Florida. I've got family, uh, friends uh, in Georgia, family in South Carolina. So, yeah, it is a, it's a, you know, not making light of the situation, pretty massive storm. Um, hope you guys are staying safe. And uh, for those affected, maybe you have work off. I know Clemson had classes canceled today. Um, hopefully you're finding ways to pass the time. Um, and in all seriousness, yeah, stay safe out there and, and hope everybody's uh, able to recover. Um, we're here to talk football, take your mind off things for a while. Um, had a lot, lot of great action over the weekend, culminated at least in our minds with the Clemson victory. Uh, mentioned the Tigers are 2-0. and We will get into this Auburn recap here shortly. Um, and after that, this will be our last recording before the Louisville game. Um, so we will touch a little bit on that upcoming matchup, which was upgraded to um, ESPN Game Day, host site. Uh, they bumped that game back, actually, from, I believe, a 3.30 start back to 8 o'clock. Yeah, so. and I'm going to be there, man. I'm really excited about that. Um, got my tickets today. And then even more exciting, or just as exciting, I guess, Deshaun Watson named the starter for the Houston Texans. I'm going to be in Cincinnati on Thursday to see that Bengals-Texans game. So I'm really excited to, uh, to get to see him play. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a short week for Deshaun to prep, and I guess we could talk a little bit about Tigers in the NFL, which kicked off yesterday for the most part. Um, yeah, short week for him to prep, but uh, Cincinnati looked pretty calm against the Ravens. So I think better to have that we'll short see. week at the beginning of the season where your body's still fresh. Um, but I don't know, considering how many hits he took from that porous uh, Houston offensive line, man, they're looking rough. Definitely. We'll, we'll keep an eye on Deshaun. Ben, you're going to have fun out there, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully the weather cooperates and you don't get any of that aftermath. Uh, I think the storm is supposed to park itself over Cincinnati on Thursday night, but that's good for me because driving ticket prices down, I think I'm going to get behind the Texans bench for pretty cheap. It's going to be awesome. Beautiful. Um, well, before we get into Auburn, just wanted to take a moment to encourage you all to tell a friend about the podcast. Um, we work hard here during the season to put out a show minimum once a week. Um, sometimes we'll get a recap and a preview show in. Um, no better way for you all to spread the word than to tell a friend. Um, if you are not yet subscribed to our show, please do so in your smartphone's podcasting app. Just search for Clemson Podcast, Clemson Podcast, or Podcast. You will find us. Uh, my favorite app is Overcast. People tend to like the iPhone Podcasts app. 
Stitcher's pretty good. And we also publish our shows to SoundCloud, so you can find us there. I think you said Spotify now. We're up on there, you think? Yeah, for sure. If, if that's where you do all your music listening, I believe that you can subscribe to the podcast or check us out there in their podcast features. Yeah, and uh, you know, thanks everybody. We've been getting a lot of uh, engagement on stuff like Facebook and SoundCloud, people liking and sharing our tracks. We really appreciate that. Big shout out to my, my old buddy Justin Patterson. He's been giving us a lot of love on Facebook. Miss you, bud. And then also SoundCloud user 983-666-285, like one of our tracks. To whomever you are, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, let's move on to Auburn, guys. Clemson won another football game. Um, that was pretty great. That was some type of football game, and it's not uh, the likes of one that we've seen Clemson win in quite some time, 14-6. to six. I mean, that's an Alabama-esque type grinded-out victory. Um, I know we thought it was going to be low scoring, but, man, I don't know if we saw that coming. Yeah, it felt uh, – we call it like the boa constrictor that Alabama does. It felt a little bit like that just because – I mean, it was really the defense, the, the smothering defensive line. We'll get into that in a second. But let me, let me um, undo one narrative that I've heard about – heard nationally from the media, from a lot of people, including Paul Feinbaum, the SEC type uh, folks – Who've, uh, who've really pointed to like Auburn not being a good, not being where they need to be. You know, Jarrett Stidham not being ready, the offense not being, you know, where it needs to be. And I, I think that's crap. I think this is a, a win that's going to age really, really well going, to, going into the latter part of the season, just like last year. Uh, I didn't, at that time, I didn't really didn't know what Auburn was. I think it took some, some figuring out. Now I think we know that they are elite on defense and they just we don't know what Jared Stidham is when he doesn't have Dexter Lawrence or Christian Wilkins running at him I think he'll he'll look a lot better against the upcoming opponents well I think as far as Stidham is concerned and I, I mentioned this last time he faced a real defense for the first time his previous playing experience was in the big 12 and we know they don't play defense not the same level that Clemson does so I think there was a little bit of that. It remains to be seen what he's going to be able to do this year. I don't think you're going to be able to judge him uh, off, of, off of this game just because Clemson's defense is so nasty. But them boys made a statement. They really did. Yeah, so putting up the six points, I mean, really the, um, the tone of this game at the start was where Auburn was able to move the ball. And, you know, some of that was, was through the air. Um, they seemed to uh, really – Keep keep Clemson's uh, defensive front on its on its heels in terms of getting pressure early on. Um, so credit to them for having a decent game plan coming out of the gates. Um, had a PI call, had a um, pass over the seam down the middle to move the ball. But um, after coming away just with the six points in the first quarter, um, I thought that's really for me where I mean obviously the the tide of the game turned if you look back, but it really felt when in that second offensive possession where they were inside our ten ten or twelve yard line. Um, with the ball and only came away with three points, you know, to, to not put a touchdown on the board. And that, that was big because that was actually, I think, their third possession that they got uh, when Ray Ray McLeod fumbled that ball. So for the defense to turn around and put up that stop, that was a huge momentum swing. Absolutely. And, it, you know, our thought was definitely, you know, that's, that's a good thing. It's a good omen, good sign. But did the time of possession and the number of plays run? I think in the first quarter they ran something like 28 plays. Uh, Auburn did. Yeah, we never saw the ball, it seemed like. You know, was, was that going to end up hurting us in the second half in a close game where, um, you know, they have a lot of playmakers late? And Petway, I mean, he seemed to kind of get four yards at will early on against this offense or against this defense. So, um, yeah, at the time we kind of thought maybe that those plays and that, that time of possession would take its toll. Ended up not really happening. I think that's because the will of this defense just suffocated. Um, really the life out of the offense and 
you can also talk a little bit about some of the play calling and you know selection that Auburn is doing on the other side um, didn't really put themselves in a good position. Yeah, it's you know Gus Malzahn. I don't know if he realizes he actually hired an offensive coordinator, um, but it didn't look a lot different than what we saw last year. Just you know, two less quarterbacks out there for Auburn. Right. I, I don't know all the, the intricacies of what was going on behind the scenes on Auburn's side, but you're right. They didn't adjust. They were they were giving him nothing. They were they were giving Stidham nothing over the middle, easy, just quick releases with the the Clemson pass rush. Um, so that was definitely questionable. That's something we could point to too on a higher level. Is you know we we know we have a good defensive coordinator. We we thought we had some good offensive coordinators. I, I definitely think we have elite coaches all all across the board, and it, it showed up on Saturday. That, that's where you have a game where you you could have lost just as easily. You look at the the numbers, look at the stat columns. Like yeah, well, I mean, we were more the more penalized team. Yeah. We lost the turnover battle. And we lost the time of possession uh, by five minutes. You've got to be a really, really good team to lose in all those key areas, um, be dominated at least in time of possession in the first quarter, and still pull that game out. Yeah, especially if you talk about plays inside the red zone that either team ran. Um, Cody, I want to go back to something you said about you know Auburn kind of having a bright future for the remainder of the year. Um, certainly they play an SEC West schedule. They'll play Georgia, who looks improved um, in their cross-SEC rivalry game. Um, I guess... They're unlikely to face defenses as good as Clemson's outside of potentially the Alabama game, though. And I feel like I agree with you in that I think Jarrett Stidham, we, we don't know yet what, what he is and what he can contribute to that team. And I he's think a sophomore. He, he's a sophomore. I think he will get his footing under him. And maybe this game, just like it did last year, gets Gus Malzahn out of meddling in the playbook some, um, assuming that that occurred in this game. Right, and I think what's interesting about that coming into the game I think they knew that they knew that they had some things to to figure out. But I think we thought we felt more like a work in progress, uh, and we thought Stidham was more of like the the polished end product, proven guy, proven right. guy, if you will. Yeah. yeah. So that com- proved to be completely the, the opposite. Well, Kelly Bryant definitely has some work to do, but he definitely he was the guy making winning plays. And I mean, I I look at their their offense. Look at early on. So a lot of people won't remember this, but. Pass protection was pretty good for Auburn early on. We had one situation; it was a, a down and distance, third down, a uh, long way to go, and we put three guys to the line of scrimmage. They held. Uh, they pass protection looked good. Stidham had some time in the pocket, and he made that that uh, throw across the middle. I thought at that point Stidham's gonna he's gonna have this is gonna be the best throwing quarterback we faced in quite some time. Uh, as you know, it didn't work out that way. No, but. that 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 pass protection did not last very long at all. I mean, you see the stat line at the end of the day: eleven sacks for the Clemson defense. We didn't rush three from that point on either. But uh, yeah, well, and I yeah. mean, well, that goes to Brent Venables. He put in a lot of different packages in there. And, you know, you saw him take Dexter Lawrence out on third downs uh, to get some more speed out there. You saw him keep Darian O'Daniel, move Kendall Joseph over to the mic position, and take uh, Trey Lamar out there on passing downs too. Just again to have that more speed out on the field. You saw us go three down linemen, three linebackers, and five in the secondary. You know, a lot of different looks from this Brent Venables defense that he made adjustments early on, and, you know, proof is in the pudding. You saw it happen on the field. They moved the ball very little um, after those first few possessions. Guys, I posted this after the game, um, had some beverages before I did it, but tweeted out there that I thought this was actually Brent Venables' masterpiece as a defensive coach, considering the start that we had. And you can point to a couple of different games. You can point to the Ohio State um, 31 to zero, kind of the zero aspect of that against a playoff caliber offense. Um, but I think th- really the adjustment, really the 
how they balanced the talent coming in on defense and what they were able to do, in my mind, felt like this was maybe even more impressive. Yeah, I'm going to go, well, I'll go with Ohio State, but yeah, you could put it 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call it. The thing that we didn't see on film, you couldn't see on film, and you didn't see in the moment, was the pressure, the coverage by our guys in the secondary just... There's no, I mean, we, we can't know this for certain, but I'm pretty sure their, their receivers were getting no separation. And you look at who was playing at that time, and it was, you saw Mark Fields, and he's coming along, and, and Trayvon Mullen, who is, you know, you see a guy that's 6'1 and can run like that. Same for A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell was out there late. He was playing all of the fourth quarter, I believe. So So you're saying a lot of coverage sacks on that led to right. you know, that gaudy total. Yeah, I, I think it was part both, because you did see Sidham with some time, and then but the defensive line did up, end up breaking free, and they eventually got to him. And, you know, all credit due to our, our secondary and defense there, but That's how much of that Smith is on felt. Stidham for not throwing the ball away, too? You know, I think that decision-making on, on his part, um, he was tracked down quite a lot outside of the pocket and could have just chucked it. Well, I think part of that does go to him being still young and inexperienced, but I, I, I still tend to give most of the credit to this defense. Guys, give me uh, – you know, maybe to switch it up, uh, two goods and a bad for this defensive effort. And, you know, obviously the bad are, is pretty limited here, but areas you'd like to see improve. Easy one. Uh, actually, I won't touch the defensive line because we know. Um, I'll go with Dorian O'Daniel. Um, not just who he is and who he's become as a player, as a good. Um, what, what, the way we can use him uh, in terms of versatility and what that'll, how that will uh, pretend in, in the Louisville game because he, he moved inside, like you said, into outside linebacker. He's, you can keep him in that Sam or in a kind of a nickel situation. That's going to be extremely, extremely helpful against uh, against Louisville, I think, with, with Lamar Jackson, and it, it helped in this game as well. Uh, another good – actually, I am going to go to the uh, defensive line. Christian Wilkins, he's the best defensive player in the nation. It, it, no 300 man has the right to move that fast, like laterally, and, and also shoot the gap. Uh, you know, he's gotten better every year, but this year it looks like he's taking an even bigger step. And offensive linemen in college just can't stay in front of him, so especially you, guards. He, I think he cherry-picked the easy ones there, Cody. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to dig a little deeper here. Kevon Wallace, Van Smith out for the game with, with that injury, sprained knee that, you know, just before the game we didn't think that that was going to be a problem. We thought he was going to play. He is a hitter. Him and Tanner Muse back there is a heck of a one-two uh, one punch. Uh, Kevon Wallace, he had great coverage on that flea flicker on the second drive. He stayed really disciplined, and, and he essentially his coverage there prevented them from actually from Stidham even throwing the ball. So I think a big night from him. And then also, the goods for me, I mean, this is kind of a, a full-team effort. There was a lot of depth that was put out there on the field. You saw Jabril Robinson in there, Niels Pickney, uh, Niles Pickney in there on the defensive line getting some snaps. J.D. Davis, he had a sack. He had a huge stop at the goal line in significant playing time. I mean, it's great to see guys like this out there and contributing in big moments in these games. Chad Smith, he played big minutes late in the game. In your bad, Tully, um, that's easy. P.I. calls, they're still, they're still happening. Um, and I don't care what anyone says about catchable or uncatchable balls. You, you, can't just gra- you can't grab a guy across the jersey, and it happened yeah. twice. Well, on the could- broadcast, they said that um, – I'm not sure if you guys heard in the in the bar or the loudspeaker, but I was at home at that point, and uh, they're saying Dabo said it was a focus of the defense in the off season is working on the defensive PI calls. Well, yeah, remember they they were wearing those boxing gloves uh, during practice, and that was to get them to not get used to grabbing onto the defender. Uh, that did not happen on the Edmonds and the uh, who was in Mark, Mark Fields, Fields pass interference. They just didn't get turned around. 
Uh, now, on the other side of that, when Mark Fields was going up for that interception, he looked like he had the boxing gloves on. <laughs> and I now see there is a reason why he is a cornerback and not a wide receiver. Ben, what's your area to improve? Uh, Trey Lamar, I, I think he still has some work to do. Cody, you mentioned to us earlier he's was a little bit tentative. Um, he did have that big sack um, late in the game, but he still needs to come on. And again, you saw that with him being brought off the field, keeping O'Daniel and moving Kendall Joseph over. Brent Venables starting to account for that a bit, but we'll we'll need to see some more progression from him as the season goes along. Yeah, yeah he's, he's he's. I mean, he, he a guy that's two fifteen runs run, runs like that. I mean, it's it's generally a positive. But but if you're a little hesitant, if you're questioning things pre snap, then you you tend to run a little bit slower. And I think you could see just a little bit of that. But, but again, making up for that on that huge sack on fourth and three from the Clemson thirty seven later in the game. I mean, that was. That was a big play. Yeah, he he brings some things physically that he, he's just going to be a difference maker. But yeah, he he needs to get kind of get with the with the flow a little bit. And I think for the most part, both of those things are splitting hairs at this point against a great effort. Yeah. Um, you know, it's difficult to think about this game and then go. We're going to face a completely different beast coming up this weekend. But um, hopefully, yeah, at least on the last point, Ben Trey Lamar tentativeness is not going to work against Lamar Jackson if he gets into the open field. We'll see how much Trey Lamar will have to take that on on his own versus having you know support there. But well, but the fact that now they're able important. to leave Dorian O'Daniel has progressed to the point where they can leave him out there um, for more plays than has been in the past, and you even see again Chad Smith being able to come out there and contribute, and even JD Davis. I mean, the fact that they can go with these multiple different guys, I think is good. You know, JD Davis, not the most talented linebacker by any stretch of the imagination on the team, but he's more experienced than guys like Chad Smith. It's it's also crazy. Lamar. In a game against Auburn, number 13 team in the country, you know, very talented group, we can get so many guys in. You know, not, it doesn't have the same feel as like a Kent State game. It keeps but, them fresh. Right. Definitely from a rotation standpoint. Um, but, it, you know, also building up the reps, seeing what, seeing what the coaching staff has. Well, and, you know, it's been a problem the last couple of years um, with the thin depth in, uh, you know, some of these different positions on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of these guys were getting worn down at the end of the year. They were playing so many snaps. You had several guys in the 800, 900 snap uh, count range. You know, granted, that was over 15 games. But you know, proportionally, um, I, I think even if we don't make it through those 15 games, you're going to see that number uh, equal out a little bit just because it seems like we do have the step that they trust, the guys that they trust. You guys mentioned some of the, the backups coming in from the defensive tackle position. I want to get to the end in a moment, but – a lot of the reason there was related to Dexter Lawrence and his toe. I think this is something, obviously, to keep an eye on. We've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks since we uh, heard about him limping in some of the fall camp um, sessions. Let me what be clear. This, they have not reported this on TigerNet, Tiger Illustrated. They're not talking about it, and I think that was intentional, but we're, we're talking about it. Uh, you can tell on film he is a, he's a step slower. Uh, now, and Quacking Tiger mentioned in an article, but yeah, he's still dominant. He's still the best defensive nose tackle that we have. Do you think that's because but, his toe may still be hurt, or he just has a little bit of lack of conditioning because he couldn't go hard in fall camp because the toe was injured? Hard to say, but I mean, a guy that big. Yeah, it's hard to say. I'm not a podiatrist, but I would say I, I don't think or a mind reader. No, or a mind reader. Yeah, 
but it's it, it's gonna be hard for him to recover. I think uh, through the course of a season, you can't just like you know play forty snaps this game and, and get better. I, I think he's gonna be at like eighty percent, you know, Dex, well, which and, is unfortunate, but he's still better than probably ninety nine percent of the defensive tackles in the nation. Well, again, this is pure speculation on our part, but what we can see with our eyes is that he does look a step slow, and there must be a reason for that. Now. We got Boston College coming up here after Louisville, and then after Virginia Tech, we have a little lull in the schedule there in October. That's a time to hold him out, I think, build up some leads, maybe hold him out, put some of these other guys in, so he does have more time to rest and heal and recover. Yeah, for sure, and fortunately, it looks like we can we can rely somewhat on the guys right behind him to spell him at times in the game. Oh, by the way, he's also still really good. He is. Yeah. How'd we do um, in reserve capacity at the end position? We also haven't mentioned the great game that Austin Bryant had. He was kind of my X factor on the defensive side and had a great game, four sacks, um, a lot of tackles for loss as well. But um, he's obviously a starter. Do we see anything from the depth there? Well, I rewatched it and don't recall seeing anyone. So we slid Christian Wilkins out. That's right. a strong side. So that's what we we're doing. I can't even, I think Chris Register got some reps. I but I don't recall anyone else at, at weak side. No, it was, and I pointed this out to you during the game that we noticed that Wilkins was shifting over. So you're right. There's not a lot of trust in those other guys coming behind him. Not at this point. And defensive end, that's what we talked about, is kind of our shallowest depth on the team when you're seeing that play out. I mean, it's really unfortunate. I mean, that Jurgen losing Jurgen is is going to be seen as a bigger, going to have a bigger impact perhaps as the season goes along, especially if somebody does get injured. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I, I didn't glue in as much to register when he was in there, but I did see him a little bit in the Kent State game, and uh, he just doesn't have the speed. He, he, he's not quite the, the size you'd want. And it's not to say he can't be reliable. He knows the playbook, and he, he probably was ready for the eye candy that Auburn was going to throw at us. But physically, he just can't play on the edge and make the same plays that Austin Bryant was making, for example. Uh, there, so it's just a significant drop-off. Uh, any parting thoughts on the defense? I mean, I think we're we're all coming away from this pretty impressed and pretty pleased. I think our preseason proclamation of this being a top five defense, right on right on point, right? Well, I'll say we're we're a championship form. Like this is a defense you can win a championship with. I think it's the best defense in the country. I think it may be the best all time Clemson defense, better than the the ninety defense. Yeah, it doesn't have. Well, I don't know about the. I don't know much about that defense. Uh, it's a different style of football. Granted, yeah, but. You know, stats they put up, 220, less than 220 yards a game, uh, nine points a game. I think you could see this defense rival that. I think we're going to see some more shutouts this year. I think it was like four last year, including yeah. Ohio State. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's hard. It's tough to compare across eras just because the style of play is different. But, no, if you compare it to 14, it's I, I think it might be a notch better just because of the front-end talent on the defensive line, like that top-end talent, I should say. A huge it, test coming this weekend, too. When all the talent in the secondary, man, the, the, the secondary has really stepped up. They're running a lot of guys in and out of there. Um, like you said, Trayvon Mullen, Kavon Wallace, they both look really good. So it's really exciting. I think the defense, this isn't going to be the last game the defense wins for us this year. Absolutely. Uh, let's pivot to the offense. All right, Clemson offense on Saturday posted 14 points. Uh, not you know the prolific offenses of yesteryear that we've been used to, but certainly a successful effort um, doing doing enough to win. I think also even beyond that, um, you know, making plays when needed. I think we saw a lot of the bright promise that we all felt um, was present with Kelly Bryant. You know, a little bit of growing pains, a little bit of development need coming through there, but by and large, you know, going well beyond the role of a game manager. 
um, behind a really strong defense um, in this game. Responsible for both touchdowns on counter play runs. Um, the second one was incredibly impressive, just showcasing not just his speed and agility, but you know how how much heart he plays with, and the fact that he stays in a play. And you kind of saw the Auburn defenders dog it a little bit when they saw him kind of make contact and did not stick with that play. He he then scampered in for a touchdown. So um, across the board, very impressive from Kelly Bryant. Um, but I think this was also a case and. Ben, I, we might have talked in the, the preview for this game. This had a little bit of the feel of a Notre Dame game, where if we had kind of the defensive um, you know, defensive effort that we thought Clemson was capable of, could you see some co- conservatism from the offensive play calling? Well, I think Jeff Scott mentioned it, is that once they realized that the, the, the Auburn offense wasn't going to be able to score, that they dialed it back a bit. But, you know, it, really there were some things even, there were some opportunities, there were some good drives coming together in the third and fourth quarter that were stopped just because of, you know, stupid errors. So I, I think one of the, the best things that I take out of this game is Kelly Bryant is not the reason that this offense sputtered and only put up 14 points because there's some things he needs to work on, but his physical and mental perseverance after he got hit to come back and lead this team and come back more confident after that, that was amazing to see. And I think you're going to continue to see this confidence grow as the season goes on. Uh, I think the right tackle, the play of the right tackle caused some problems for him, not only getting pressure on him, but knocking down some balls at the line. You start to solve those problems. You're going to see him develop into a really good quarterback. I think. Yeah. There's parts of, of uh, experience, things that he's going to get, but he, he's got a lot of room, to, room for growth. And the only way he's going to accomplish that is by playing real games. Because when you're the type of quarterback he is, you need to see. You can't simulate it in practice. You, you, it, when you're kind of a run first, um, you, you have to do it through the court, through the course of the season. So I think we're now in good shape. We don't see another defense anywhere like Auburn's. I don't think until Florida State. It's not to say that he's going to, you know, roll over anyone, but he needs some looks where you don't have a guy like Jeff Holland and, and Davidson on the other side. Like those are two really good defensive ends. So um, I think we're I think we're in a good situation, and yeah, he made. You're right. He's not a game. Uh, I think he proved he's not a game manager. He no. is far. He's more. He's not Deshaun Watson either, but he's he's closer to Deshaun Watson than the than the former there. So well, right now he's a leader and a winner, and that's what I see out of him. That's what I see out of his mentality, and I'm really again I'm really excited to see that again. Clemson fans did not know what they're going to get coming into this year out of Kelly Bryant. I think at this point, after two games. They should be pretty happy. Guys, let's run back the same philosophy as before, two goods and a bad, about this team. Uh, Cody, lead us in. Mm. Easy. Uh, Can e- we do two bads and a good on the <laughs> it's, all, it's your show, Ben. <laughs> let, me do, let me go with the play calling. You know, we talked a lot about the play calling last year. One of the reasons we started to you know, have some sustained drives and, and scored on a couple of possessions, uh, this is a good, by the way, is uh, is some of the the we started calling those underneath routes, those cross pattern or those what do you call them cross routes slants to Hunter Renfro. So that's what kept things going. And the fact that Kelly Bryant executed on those, like those are just you, it, those are t- tough to guard. If you, if Auburn can't do it, there's not going to be a whole lot of other teams in the country that's going to be able to do it. So uh, you can that's a that's a championship type of like uh, you know kind of foundation there to have those type of receivers and to make those type of plays. Let me throw a good in. I think uh, we, we protected the ball through the air. And I think that, um, you know, against a team where there were a lot of tight throwing lanes and, um, you know, there was a number of kind of back shoulder passes. Uh, 
didn't turn the ball over, didn't throw interceptions. So you can f- contrast that with the bad of fumbling twice. And so I'll kind of play off of that. Speaking of the fumble, uh, believe it or not, one of my goods is Ray Ray and how he bounced back after that fumble. Uh, you know, he led the team uh, in receiving uh, 81 yards, you know, again, bouncing back. Dabo said it that in the past, Ray Ray would make a mistake and it would snowball and lead to another one. Well, it didn't happen in that game. Right. And Great to see the coach, to, coaches and, trust him as well. Right. right. And to me, that shows maturity, and I'm glad they're giving him um, th- that trust even after something like that happens. When you saw when C.J. Fuller fumbled, you didn't see a lot of him for the rest of the game. Uh, my second good is the two consecutive drives, the one before the half, the two consecutive scoring drives, the one before the half, and the one coming out to start the second half. Three big third-down conversions on that, that first scoring drive. Kelly Bryant with that beautiful, beautifully placed ball over the shoulder to Raymond McLeod, speaking of him. Um, and then the incredible second... Incredible catch, too. Yeah, incredible catch. Second TD drive, same thing. Another fantastic throw to McLeod uh, for 33 yards down the left sideline, and then he converted another third-down on a cross-field uh, throw to Hunter Renfro. So... And then that run, I mean, you see what Kelly Bryant can do with his legs. And those were two spectacular scoring drives. And we were driving down the field on that, that second drive of the second half until Fuller fumbled. So Let me do my bad. And I think I'm going to point to the whole running back position. It wasn't really bad, but it just wasn't really good. Again, it was nothing, nothing about Choice or, or Fuller or even Feaster in this game made you fear them. And I think in order for this offense to be – great I don't and I don't know if it can be but if it's going to be reach that level it's going to it's going to need a really good running back I, I think they need to turn and I, I I'm sorry I'm right there with you um I'll try to think of something else I'm sure I can but um I think they got to turn Feaster loose I think they got to make the commitment to go with him he is the most athletic and talented uh between Fuller himself and Choice I think you got to put him out there let him loose see what happens yeah I mean highly touted coming in he's put on the weight he's seemed to have put in the work um to deserve that um also you know quacking tiger just read his recap um over on sts and talked up um how much how feaster was crucial in the blocking game too in pass protection uh so and just you know in general um throughout the game so yeah i mean i think that why not give that a try? It's, Potentially not against Louisville. It's but. time to give a back 15 carries instead of spreading around like seven, four, and three. Feaster right. got three carries, got 15 yards. That's a five-yard average. Put him out there. Let's see something happen. Um, and then so also this, I already mentioned this, but Ankrum and Pollard really struggling at right tackle uh, to defend Holland. It was just ugly. Holland was all over the place. He was on top of Kelly Bryant, and he wasn't. Again, like I mentioned, he was in passing lanes, hands up, batting down balls or causing – not, well, not batting down balls, but causing Kelly Bryant to throw high. So that was concerning to me. Yeah, I want to point a little bit to Kelly Bryant and his pocket presence when, when things were collapsing early. And, you know, a lot of that, when I went back and watched it on film, it wasn't really his fault. A lot of that was on the right tackle, and there was one play where uh, I think Hearn and, and the right tackle had a miscommunication and just completely blew up the play. Just like little things like that, a lot of penalties – a lot, a lot to clean up. But for me, like because you do have Kelly Bryant and he can execute, um, he can do things with his legs. He can make passes and and even make some uh, some deep passes at times. Because you do have that, like that is your foundation. Like there is a lot of room for improvement. Let me let me slip one more good in there if I can. Kelly Bryant's the great throw and catch on thirty nine to Hunter Renfro in the last drive of the game. Um, for a first down that essentially allowed us to run the time off the clock 
we don't convert there. We give them the ball back with about three minutes left, and they're only down. They're only down one possession. So the poise for Bryant, that throw and catch to convert, phenomenal. Cody, I don't know if you. It sounds like you went back and rewatched the game. How well was the run pass option working? You know, did Kelly Bryant's decision making when he had you know a couple outlets? Do you feel like he's making progression there? Was his decision making on? It's not. Uh, it, that's that's a tough question, but it, he's got some work to do. I think um, for one, you need a running back that you fear to make the RPOs more effective, to make play action more effective. Um, and two, Which I was just working early for Auburn actually with Petway. So right. I feel like you know, it's not like we were seeing Stidham scramble all over the place, but there was definitely that fear. Yeah, for me, I, I'd like to see Kelly Bryant get more, be more aggressive to the outside, like you know, a la Lamar Jackson. And ultimately, like you know, we're not going to win championships with him just being a run all the time quarterback. But he, when he gets outside and he uses that four four speed, he can make things happen in space. He, by the way, he's not very good running between the tackles. Whenever he slows his momentum and he comes to a stop, he doesn't re, he doesn't accelerate fast beyond that. But if he can get to the outside, and that'll come to him. I mean, I th- I thought he did pull it down early once. I, he had a good opportunity for a pass to Renfro, who was wide open. It could have possibly been a touchdown, but. Again, I, I think when he's getting a little bit more pressure on him than we would have expected, um, I, I still like his decision-making for the most part. Yeah, and a big part is that he it is decision-making. This is not a prefab script by Tony Elliott. I think they're making things a little bit easier for him. Yeah, than kind of well the, they should. It wasn't, it's not the open canvas that Deshaun Watson had last year. Uh, it's, you know, it's definitely more scripted, but he does have one read, two read, three, or, you know, three progressions, and he is making them. I don't know if he's always making the best decision, but – you know, he's processing a lot more than I, I thought. I thought he was going to be very multifaceted, and I think he's proven that he's, he's capable of doing a lot more. And well, again, for him to come back after taking that hit when we thought he was going to be knocked out of the game, yeah, that was, it was really great to see. It's really encouraging from that kid. How many plays was Cooper in there for? Just one or two, right? Uh, it was, I think, three. 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 Okay. Yeah, one was the pass can, interference to that right. was not called on Deion, Deion Kane. Kane. The very and that would have got us in the in right. The, and he completed one pass and then had had a run that didn't go anywhere. Yeah, how confident when he came in the game? What were you feeling? I mean, I was like, let's see what we have from him, and maybe yeah. a change of pace against the sovereign defense would do us well in that moment. Um, could could jolt the offense forward. But obviously, I was like, let's get Kelly back in there. Yeah, I mean, I really wanted Kelly in. No shit moment. <laughs> I will say it wasn't. It wasn't like when Deshaun Watson would go out and Cole Stout would come in. Yeah, it wasn't like a hold your breath, you know, We're panic. Doomed. Yeah, but, um, definitely. If he doesn't play Brian well, you put Hunter Johnson in there. Oh, and Brian gives us the best chance to win. Absolutely. Period. So, um, no, you, he's the starter, right? Yeah, clearly. I think some, you know, something else we talked about his, you know, ability to make the right play and you know make things happen both with his feet and with the passing, but. I got to give it up again to, to play calling Cody and they call the right plays at the right time for, you know, a 50, 50 ball up to Deion Kane where that helped us move, move the chains, um, you know, drop, drop a critical PI call in the first half. Uh, so anyway, really liked what we saw from Tony Elliott um, in that, in that front. Should have been more PI calls. Cody didn't believe so, but. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll say this to the Clemson fan base. Let's don't be the fan base. That's always, you know, crying about the referees Especially when your your cornerbacks blatantly pass interfere, <laughs> but they get called on it. Yeah, that's what that's called justice. Just keep it fair, and they're SEC refs, so naturally that's what we're gonna we're gonna cry a foul on Cody. I guess. Um, any takeaways from this offense, guys? I mean, you can look at it and be like, you know, 
two two touchdowns. This is not Clemson football. But I think once we got into that end of the end of the first first half, second quarter, and it was clear their offense was not moving the ball. I, f- I feel like the same way I did last year after we beat Auburn, nineteen to. 13. 13 or whatever it was. Whatever, that was a really good defense. We beat them. Let's get out of here. Look look ahead to the next game. Yeah, exactly what you said. Auburn is a good defense. They're ranked 15th right now in the nation. Uh, not the defense, but the team. There's not 14 teams better. Uh, there's probably not four or five defenses better. That that This one's going to age well. It's going to look better as the season progresses. So that's one. And two is the, this, this – uh, whereas like last year when we played Auburn – we were kind of already a finished product. At least we felt like that as an offense. Like we should be just picking up from where we left off. We have like a huge ceiling this year. We're starting. We, we know this is our baseline. We huge have a long upside. way to go. Huge yeah. upside. Yeah. 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 Um, and for the sure. offense overcame mistakes. Right. And maybe the last point. Uh, we we're going to put more on film than we needed to, especially when in this next week's game, which we'll transition to here momentarily. Um, you know, we may need to score more than 14 to win this game. I imagine we will. Um, Should have scored 17 if Hugo hits that field goal. Well, yeah. Last thoughts then on special teams. Um, Hugh, Greg Hugo, throughout the game, I think, did pretty well with uh, obviously not very many kickoff opportunities, but boomed it out of the end zone. His and PATs looked okay. Better than last week. Better than last week. I'll give you that. Uh, but generally, you know, can tighten it up there. Will Spires, what do we think about that? I think he had some boom, you know, some boom punts. He, he had some good rolls on the first yeah. couple. He kicked one a little too far trying to drop inside the 20, but then he came back and had another really good punt. Listen, he's averaging 42.7 yards a punt. Is, so is he an upgrade? He's an upgrade over Teasdall. Teasdall is like 36, 35. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty pleased where we're at Up into with, the the, right. with the punting situation. Cool. What about coverages? We covered them. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't looked I, I at the. I haven't returned, looked at the returned started, starting punts. field position. They returned one kick at least, maybe two. Oh, there was. I think there was a big tackle by Ryan Carter on. I think it was a punt where the guy was about to break free and break free, and Ryan Carter had a had a big tackle. So that was that was a bright spot in the coverage. Well, sounds like you know not a complete liability, which maybe an upgrade over a couple years ago. Yeah, huge improvement made. Six minutes left. It looks like they were about to break uh, on a punt, and Ryan Carter had a big tackle. He had a really good game too. We did not mention him. He had a lot of good open field tackles. I mean, I think when you when you have this type of defense, special teams certainly, if you're going to give all those yards back, um, it's it's going to come back to bite you. So good to see them at least play that to um, to a draw, or not let that be, but not let us get exposed. Uh, but it is something I think when we're returning punts and kicks, we've got the playmakers, we have the talent. Um, let's hope the coaching staff can prioritize getting some more of the talented players when you know when we're when we're returning balls. Um, I think it'd be nice to give Kelly Bryan the offense some more opportunity there with with better starting field position. Last thoughts on Auburn, guys. What do you think? I mean, you look at the teams we've beaten the number of times. We talked a little bit, Ben, about our out-of-conference games of, of the past few years. It just continues. And, um, you know, we had amazing recruits attending this game. I think the manner in which we won, if you were a defensive recruit at the, in that stadium, hearing that crowd go wild, that had to, had to have helped, right? You would think so. And to, to see a game like that play out, that's a lot of guys have said it. That's, that's old-school football. 
It was it was a thing of beauty. I I love when Clemson offense is high flying, but I love 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 a really dominant Clemson defense. Yeah, they. I think Brian Greasy at one point said called Auburn. This is an SEC West defense or an SEC defense. Just kind of you know talking about him in a good light, and I was like, well, Clemson is, is stymieing Auburn right now in this game. And like, what do we call them? An ACC defense? I, I don't know. We get it. Brian Greasy's not like God. He's not my favorite color. They got announcer. an SEC West offense. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was, it's a great win. Like I feel, you know, I'm generally the negative or the more cynical per- one of, of us three, and I feel way better than I, I did two weeks ago. Like I, I did not expect this. This is almost like, almost like a best case scenario for someone that's cynical. Probably not for you, Ben, but for me. I won the podcast challenge, so <laughs> I'm good. Before we move on to Louisville, let's touch on games around the country. Um, obviously, we hit Clemson-Auburn. Um, elsewhere in the top 10, the big one was number five, Oklahoma, went into the horseshoe and took down second-ranked Ohio State uh, by a total of 31 to 16. 31 points. I, I, I want to play Oklahoma so bad and just see Austin Bryant, Cleveland Farrell just – crush baker mayfield I, I do not like him that that gimmick he pulled we're running around the field with the flag and then trying to plant it in the turf i mean come on man like tired of his annex tired of seeing that from him win something win a big 12 championship and get into the playoff do that can you do that for me stop talking Okay, so I'm gonna go He's less really on, good at football though I'm gonna go less on the fanboy side and talk about it more objectively. I, I saw it coming in. I watched them play. I'm just talking about in their first game, like his character, the character of the kid. Yeah, well, you could look at Oklahoma as a whole because he's caught on on videotape running away uh, from a cop. I don't think he was suspended one game, and God knows he wasn't going to be suspended a second game because that was going to be. Yeah, this State. is the school of Joe Mixon and everything yeah, else. Yeah, Joe Mixon no last surprise. right. So anyhow, we're moving on because that's college football in 2017. He is the best quarterback in in the country. He's so fun to watch. He has gotten even better. I think he was good in 2015 when he faced him. He's gotten better. And the offensive line is legit. Those are some big dudes. This is not your 2015 Oklahoma. The defense is not Clemson good. I don't think it's top 10 good, but it's one that's going to keep them in games, and that's probably the best offense in the country. What I do like from this team, I think Lincoln Riley is going to be a really good football coach. He's a young up-and-comer. Um, you can maybe with his some of his enthusiasm um, compare him somewhat to Dabo maybe Dabo coming on as a young coach but I think Lincoln Rally things are pointing up for Oklahoma there yeah so you know I'm not really seeing a loss in their schedule we'll see how that Oklahoma State game goes but they I mean Oklahoma TCU should be pretty interesting they always have a pretty solid defense Um, that's probably one that I, I see could be a trap game for them but um, and then Kansas State always seems to like mess around and upset people, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I think Oklahoma with this win over Ohio State, they could even sustain a loss provided they go on to win the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean, I think for if you're talking about the other Big Twelve teams, that's the Big Twelve is maybe flip flopping with the ACC this year because we're you know, we've fallen off a little bit. Oklahoma State is good. I don't know they. They, someone said they do a really good job against bad teams. That's what we know about them. We don't know much else. But, I mean, um, you know, Mason Rudolph, Logan's older brother, is, is he's looking quite the part. Could be a Heisman winner coming from that conference. TCU looks good, like you said, Kansas State. So uh, legitimate playoff contender. I don't think it's a 
pretender like like previous Oklahoma. years. Oklahoma. Yeah, between them or yeah, maybe OK State, OK State, but most likely Oklahoma. I think is coming yeah. out of the Big Twelve. Heck, maybe TCU. Well, for the sake of the Big Twelve, somebody needs to come out of the Big Twelve, and make the playoff. I still think they mess around and disqualify themselves, but we will see. Um, but let's move on. Another game that we kept our eye on this weekend: Pitt against Penn State. This one opened as a twenty-one point line, uh, closed I think at nineteen, and that was the score. Sorry, Cody, uh, but. What anything we learned from this game watching it, guys, about number four Penn State? I think Pitt kind of shot themselves in the foot. Um, they did have three turnovers in that game. Their offense is not where it needs to be. They're really struggling in that department. Um, their defense is still really good. They held Barkley to 88 yards on the ground, and he's the best running back in college football right now. Um, so I still, it still remains to be seen how good Penn State really is. I'm gonna be really interested to see. Um, how they look when they play some of these bigger Big Ten teams. Yeah, I I have not been able to watch a lot of Penn State over the last two years, so I, I had a chance to watch this on Saturday. And my, my initial thought uh, on offense, they have all these skilled players they're talking about. you know, And Barkley, is, he's like a, a lot like Dalvin Cook, a lot, reminds me a lot of Dalvin Cook. Not as explosive, but really good. Um, they have a good tight end. They have some good receivers. Um, uh, Trace McSorley is their quarterback. They call him a poor man's Mayfield, and I would call him a very, very poor man's Mayfield um, because I, I don't think – I don't see that as like a, a, a top-tier offense. It's just – it did not – you know, Pitt's defense was pretty good, but I don't see it. And then on defense, uh, they don't have the athleticism uh, or the playmakers and certainly not the defensive line of, of you know, of like Alabama or Clemson. So – all in all, I, I think it's going to be some good teams in the Big Ten, but I don't see it. I don't see a legitimate, bona fide national championship contender coming out of the Big Ten. And I think Michigan, Michigan struggled against Cincinnati. I mean, that one ended thirty-six to fourteen, Michigan's favor at home, but that was a lot closer of a game throughout. Uh, so I've been Cody, telling y'all about Michigan, Cody. You and I were big on the Ohio State train here. Yes, they lost to Oklahoma. They look, you know, it's kind of sluggish against Indiana in the first half, but are, are they still the team to beat? In the Big Ten, I think it's it might be Penn State now, and I and not to take anything away from Oklahoma, but I think OSU, and I can eat crow because Ben told me you know about OSU before before the year, but I don't I don't think they are a top five team. I don't think JT Barrett is a good quarterback. The book is out on him. Um, he's a good quarterback, but he's not going to be an elite quarterback like he once was apparently. So uh, I think Penn State is your team to beat well, with Michigan. and, uh, and They're I mean, the defending uh, Big Ten champs, and they've only improved since last year, talent-wise at least. They've been recruiting better coming off of uh, the, the uh, probation from the Joe Paterno, Jerry Sandusky thing. So I think you can look at them. You can see a progression um, from you know, recent years, and I think it naturally carries over into this year. Well, we'll see. I, I actually think the team to – look at in the Big Ten is going to be Wisconsin. Um, they will travel to Michigan coming up in a couple of weeks. That's going to be a great matchup um, to look forward to there. They have an easy path after that. They avoid both Ohio State and Penn State. Um, they get most of their tough uh, Big Ten West games. I think Nebraska's at home for them. So um, they kind of have a cakewalk to the, the championship game there. So question for you, um, kind of like what I was saying, do you see a Big Ten team? Uh, emerge as, as a contender as for a national champion? Or does it look like it's just a let bunch me, of good teams? Because um, I'm not going to say any of them are bad, but I don't necessarily see them as let me maybe, great. Let me answer your question in a different way. I think either the Big Ten or the ACC are going to get left out entirely. I, wow. Not both. Whoa. 
I don't think it could be the Big Ten. There's, there's Ohio a lot State, of, a lot of deep pockets. Michigan, Penn State. So those you're brands. essentially banking on Clemson to win the ACC then and get into the playoff. It, it's Clemson or bust at this point from the ACC. It, I think it's Clemson or bust. I mean, we'll see what we get out of Miami, but Florida State plays Miami this weekend with a quarterback that, that has a game a actually got moved back because of the hurricane. I see. They're moving it. Yeah, um, they they flipped two of Miami's games to make the schedule work out for them. Clemson or bust in the ACC. I think. I mean, a lot of season left, obviously, but yeah, it's it's could be that Clemson could still lose some games too, and it could be some some other player, some other team come out of the ACC. Uh, but I think you know, Big Twelve, yeah, Oklahoma looks formidable. Uh, SEC look, or sorry, USC looks pretty formidable on the on the West Coast, um, and probably likely to get a, an a, an SEC team, like I was saying. And, um, anyway, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if either the Big Ten or the ACC are on the outside this year. Well, somebody's got to be, so we'll see what happens. It's week two. Exactly. Any other notable games, guys? Yeah, it's cute. South Carolina fans think they're the ones that got Missouri's defensive coordinator fired. Pretty sure it was Missouri State last week, but South Carolina's thinking they're good, man. I mean, I know they're an improved team, but you ain't played nobody yet. Well, in games that Clemson fans care about for now, Louisville went into North Carolina, then the team that lost to California last week, um, and put up a 47 spot on them. So we will transition now to our Louisville preview. We'll touch on this one plenty. All right, Saturday night in Papa John Stadium, Papa John Cardinal Stadium, I should say, uh, Louisville will play host to Clemson. This is also the site of College Football Game Day on ESPN. Um, you can tune in there. Ben, are you going to go out to game day? Well, I'm doing the bourbon trail the day before, so we'll see what time I wake up in the morning. I think you should go to game day, wave the Clemson flag, sure. go go bet on some ponies, and then go into the game. Maybe I recreate Sloppy Body Guy. Um, Perfect. Hopefully he's making the trek. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see If him, he's got a GoFundMe awesome. to get out to the game, I will throw in on that. I'm we should holler at him on Twitter. I don't know. Ben's been putting on a little bit of weight since his wedding, so I think you should try to recreate that. And he did take his shirt off on cue at the end of the Auburn game Saturday. So, excellent, ladies and gentlemen, that's a true friend right there. Uh, so Louisville guys, <laughs> uh, Louisville once again is a formidable offense, um, helmed by none other than former he- or returning Heisman Trophy winner Lamar Jackson. Um, put up forty-seven points, five hundred some odd yards against North Carolina this past week in impressive fashion. Um, guys, for previewing this game, does it become as simple as? This is a little Lamar Jackson show. Got to contain him, and that's it. That's going to dictate the game. I think that's what Louisville is right now. I mean, for Clemson, you need to see improvement on offense for sure. But, man, Lamar Jackson, that offense put up over 700 yards. Last week you mentioned uh, Jackson himself um, had over 500 yards, 132 rushing. I mean, those are just unbelievable stats. He's picking up where he left off last year. With I, I won't say where he left off, but at the beginning well, of the okay, year. Okay, where he left off, <laughs> left off at the beginning of the year, but he's doing it with a worse offensive line. He's missing a lot of, a lot of his playmakers. Um, Jalen Smith and Des Fitzpatrick have stepped up um, as his co- go-to guys in the, in the passing game. But, man, he, he's an incredible football player. Yeah, we have been conditioned as Clemson fans after last year to kind of hate him or not like him, root against him. But, man, he is he is fun to watch. I watched him against North Carolina on Saturday, and he's just – he's electric. He can do some amazing, amazing things. And it looks like he's gotten stronger this year. Well, he's also – he's developed as a pocket passer this year. I mean, granted, he has had a little bit more time 
in the pocket. He I don't think he got sacked only maybe a couple times uh, in, in the North Carolina game. Yep. Uh, but he ha- has really great instincts. Yeah. I mean, you got to focus on Lamar Jackson. He's the key. He's the best player on the field. Uh, you mentioned the sacks against um, North Carolina. Two of those, they had four against Purdue on this offensive line. And actually where I think the offensive line has been hurting them the most is on third down. They're roughly 50% on conversions. I think they're like 16 out of 31 um, on third down conversions. Um, you know, Generally, they're moving the, moving the chains, moving the ball. They get a lot of chunk yardage. But um, really we're against a very strong Clemson front and Clemson defense, I think um, – this offensive, this offensive line will face its hardest test of the year, including against the Florida State team. Um, it's it's going to be 1A, 1B with those two. Um, and, Cody, I don't know how much you've looked at the turnover on this line, but in the Bill Connolly kind of season preview for Louisville, he outlined that it's really going to be more of the same this season from an expectation standpoint. And dare I say they look even even worse than last year's O-line? I think so, and I haven't looked player for player. I know at center they have a, a freshman who is probably their biggest liability, and that just so happens to be one of our biggest strengths on the defense that are on, on our interior line. So that could be – it could allow Christian Wilkins to get a lot of – wreak a lot of havoc. Um, I think what Bill Connolly, you know, what he says the name of the game is, is similar to last year. You just make – you attack Lamar uh, LJ aggressively, and you make him make plays with his arm, and if he beats you, so be it. Um, I can live with it. You can live with it, and I and but he just doesn't do it that well. So and I go back. I go back to that Clemson Louisville game last year. Heavyweight fight, um, such an incredible game that might even be worth rewatching. You know, just for fun, heading into this weekend. But early on in that game, I mean, it was low scoring in the first half, and we were containing him in the pocket, frustrating him. Um, ben Bulwer is throwing wrestling moves. If we don't have all those turnovers, I think we we blow them out last year. Not only from the Clemson side, but the, Louisville will turn the ball over. They had four going against Purdue this year, several against us last year. I think that's an area where this defense can disrupt further um, Lamar Jackson's game plan. I think they had three against Purdue maybe, but anyways, a, a good a good chunk. Um, and they had ten false starts in that game. So, again, speaking of that redshirt freshman center and Clemson's defensive line, those guys are active up front there. Um, really get in these guys' heads, I think you can cause some disruption. And that's their first line of defense against Lamar Jackson is that offensive line. Um, you, you, you see shaky play from them, he's going to have a long night. Cody, who do you think is the defensive key player of the game in this one? Well, you can name any, any defensive lineman that could potentially be the guy that, you know, that gets into the backfield and wreaks havoc. It could be Austin Bryant one game, it could be Clinton Farrell the next. But maybe looking to the, the second level, um, I think – I don't think you're going to see as much Trey Lamar in this game, hot take. I think you might see a little bit of what you what you saw um, Dorian Daniel moving to you know, Will Linebacker and then and moving uh, KJ back to his original Mike position and then employing some type of nickel with like an Isaiah Simmons. You might see a little bit of him. If, uh, you know, I'm going to name off a bunch of names, but it'll be interesting to see what they do to eliminate what happened last year where, where Lamar Jackson can hit guys in the flats, those underneath pattern or underneath routes. Uh, I think that's what you try to you try to take away from. Well, that's them. a reason for taking Lamar out because you're gonna need really disciplined guys um, in the second level of that defense and into the secondary uh, just to contain Lamar Jackson. If we can clog up the middle of that line and prevent them from running the ball, they're one of their senior backup running backs. Turns out he's now out for the season. Um, they've really been looking for somebody to take off. Malik Williams did have almost 150 yards rushing against North Carolina, but. 
Um, they were searching for somebody in the Purdue game. I mean, at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is going to be the leading rusher on that team. He's going to have the most attempts. Uh, attempts. That's the guy you're going to have to focus on. So I think if we can have good coverage in the secondary and a good linebacker stay disciplined and really lock in on him and don't let him get loose, I think it's going to be a long night for him. And I think Clemson's defense, you saw what they did against Auburn. They have every bit of potential in the world to contain this kid. The offense really needs to help them out on the other side by – controlling the ball controlling the clock and not turning the ball over yeah we'll definitely want to flip over and touch on Clemson's offense in a moment I mean I think what is a truism of this Louisville offense is you cannot take your foot off their throat for a minute you basically need to keep them down keep them contained because they can come back and score points and if you give them the ball back if you turn it over if you give them a short field um, they can they can punish you so um, this is one you know we should definitely be be afraid heading in but uh, be also going with some confidence about in our defense i think so like you said early in the first half last year uh, that's that's if, the blueprint right? that's the blueprint yeah i think so that's what houston did to him last year um just you know penetration especially if you don't necessarily have to send pressure like you know venables loves his bullet blitzes sending kendall joseph through the a gap or or uh, trey lamar through the a, a b gap i think if you can just get pressure with four uh, have someone to spy uh, lamar jackson and you know daniel Georgia Daniel, yeah, it's, that's another reason he's such a big asset, his versatility. I mean, that's what he does. Georgia Tech games, he, he thrives in those situations. Yeah, and I think you dare them to run it, too. Like, you, you're, not, you're not scared of their running back. So you, you, make, you let them run it, make Lamar Jackson go to the outside, and you have speed on the edge. It's, we have the defense to do it. I think, like you said, you make one miscue, you miss one arm tackle, and they outscored, they outperformed what Auburn, excuse me, Auburn did. Against us, I think you need for me. You have to keep Jackson to about 300 yards of total offense in this game. I'm looking about around this, holding him to about 75 yards or so, rushing the ball and 225 yards passing. I think there is a threshold there when you start to see him creep above that, unless they're turning the ball over, which allows Clemson some easy scores. I think you're going to have to limit it more so than we did last year because our offense does not have the same firepower, at least not at this point in the season, uh, to be able to keep up or stay ahead of a team that's scoring a lot of points. Why don't we flip to the other side of the ball? Um, when Louisville's on defense this year, just in terms of key guys that they're replacing, um, anchor, linebacker, Keith Kelsey. Um, Cody, I know you you touched up on a couple other guys, but one of the most notable changes with this year's team is the new guy at the helm, um, defensive coordinator coming over from Mississippi State, Peter Sermon. He's replacing Todd Grantham. You guys might remember he was at Georgia previous to Louisville. Um and Sermon, you know, you may not go back and think about Mississippi State as a defensive juggernaut, but um, the year prior, really well known for their ability to turn teams over, um, really physical and aggressive. And he's been praised so far at Louisville for bringing in a lot of simplicity in their packages and some of their nomenclature and vocabulary there. So, um, you know, I think under Grantham, they had a problem getting play calls in. For instance. Well, it's interesting to note that Mississippi State and Louisville actually switched coordinators because Grantham in turn went to Mississippi State. So we'll see what we get out of him. Yeah, I don't – Mississippi State does not, to me, it doesn't ring as a defensive juggernaut. Um, but I do know this about their defense right now. They have a very poor secondary. I think you'll be able to see Kelly Bryant complete some more passes in this game. Um, they, they do have a good defensive line. Again, Look to that right tackle position. They need to play better in this game. They need to give Kelly Bryant more time in the pocket. You saw when he had time in the pocket against Kent State um, how cool, comment collected he looked. The touch on his ball, on, on, on his ball, uh, his accuracy was absolutely amazing. 
Clemson's going to have a lot of wide-open wide receivers running around in this game. You give Kelly Bryant the time, I think we'll really be able to pick apart this defense. Yeah, this is uh, a, maybe a good defensive line, but compared to Auburn, it's it's night and day. This uh, Watching them against North Carolina last, last week, I, you know, they have good players, but it's just not to the level of, of the elite. You just don't see the athleticism. You don't see the speed on film. Um, and, you know, I didn't do any, like, deep analysis, so I can't go to one specific position group. But I, I will look at just the defensive line. Like, I think we can have success. We're really their whole front seven and, and moving and running the ball if, if we're doing a lot of uh, zone reads and stuff like that. See, I almost think the opposite. Again, their secondary being so bad, and, and we don't know if their best corner, cornerback, Jair Alexander, is actually going to play in this game because he has a knee injury. Um, if he's not in, I know the coaches tend to want to establish the running game first. I might want to see Kelly Bryant air it out and start to pick pick apart, see if he can pick apart the secondary. Yeah, and Louisville, Louisville allowed 10 yards per attempt against yeah. North Carolina, and they're they're averaging under three and a half against Purdue and UNC now, on the run. It's it's a hostile environment on the road. Kelly Bryant's and this team this year, first big test on the road. So you may want to you know kind of take it easy early, make sure there's no turnovers. But honestly, you know I, I'm feel more comfortable Kelly Bryant throwing the ball and not throwing interceptions at this point than some of our running backs or you know wide receivers not fumbling the ball. I'm going to take a different angle. I, I actually feel like it's critical that we establish the run just from a game game management, plotting out the game, and keeping the ball, keeping Lamar Jackson on the sideline and really ball control in this game. I don't know which which of our running backs presents the best strategic tactical opportunity here against, against Louisville um, from a matchup standpoint. But establishing the run you know they seem to i think they've been playing with leads that's why you know they the um their opposing teams haven't really been able to run the ball against louisville i don't think it's anything from a capability standpoint right and i i, I kind of go with you keep the ball out of lamar jackson's hands don't let them get confidence if it's a situation where they're up seven to nothing you don't want to throw a pick early and let them get up and then uh, and then we're playing from behind I, I agree with you and you would think generally speaking you know last year aside ball control, ball security, like we'll be in a better position if we're running the ball versus throwing it. And by the way, who's going to be our best running back? That's Kelly Bryant. He's our best running back. Yeah, good. I point. mean, that, that said, though, you can, you can get Hunter Renfro going to move the chains, you know, almost even establish the pass to open up the run um, if we need to do that. But I think just hanging on to the ball and time of possession, kind of take a page out of Auburn's book in the first half. I think you just throw it to Hunter Renfro all game. I'd be happy with that. He's, he's clutch, man. I mean, it, it, it could be one of those, if we, if we have a formula going, you know, keep going back to the well until they can stop it. So going back to the Auburn game, it was really interesting to me to see that you did not see, like, DeAndre Overton out there a lot, or at least getting a lot of targets. Deion Kane, I only had a, a handful of targets, only had two catches on the night. So I, I was really hoping to see more of Overton. I'd like to see more of him in this game. Yeah, it could be the case. You mentioned Jair Alexander will not be going in this game, most likely due to, due to a tweak knee. He's day-to-day, but... I mean, is he really going to be that effective against a, With a capable, talented right. um, receiver core from We're Clemson? three deep at each position. We will see. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think in general, uh, this Louisville, Louisville D has not faced an O-line as capable as Clemson's as well. You'd like to see a bounce-back game at the right tackle position. Um, I don't know that Mitch Hyatt has had the sharpest start so far, but, um, you know, he, he, should, he should have man his guy, you know, on the other side. I think we've been fine at left tackle. Yeah, I mean, Marlon Davidson, the guy Hyatt was going against, will be playing in the NFL's ne- in the NFL uh, next and year. And there wasn't so. a lot of pressure off that side. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Um, what do you guys think are maybe a critical, who's the most critical player, let's say, outside of Kelly Bryant on this offense this game? Right tackle. Somebody to step up there. Again, give him time in the pocket. I think the rest of the offensive line is going to be okay. Give him time in the pocket. He's going to be able to pick apart this defense. He really is. Their secondary is not that good. Yeah, I'll go with Deion Kane just because I think he does get more targets this game. And I think, you know, he was the guy, too, when he made when he made his catch against Auburn, game changed. That was when I believe we, we sustained the drive and scored. Same thing in the national championship. Um, he's a guy, like, he, he's going to get yards after the catch. Um, there's not a great answer. He talked about Jair Alexander going down. There's not a clear answer who's going to be able to guard him. And he just, man, he just has a certain bravado or swagger about him. Him and Ray Ray this year, they just look different. They they are wide receivers now. They're not just athletes. And right. uh, anyway. yeah, I actually, I actually think Ray Ray could be could be a key factor here. Do we employ um, some more action with him out of the backfield? Um, he's proven he can he can grab a grab a pass or two, but um, that could be something where we get this run game going. I think he turns into that Artavis Scott role where he is going to be the most targeted receiver, has the most receptions all year long. Absolutely, um, he may even have that that distinction already. Yeah, well, so far can, this year. yeah, just you know, stop fumbling. Uh, so how, how are we feeling in terms of this offense, in terms of point total and scoring? I don't know. I haven't even wrapped my head around that yet. I'm still trying to get over scoring 14 points. You know, <laughs> we, we talked about in the first half, we're like, man, when's the last time Clemson did not score in the first half of a game? I think the last time we were shut out was like 2010, uh, maybe before Chad Morris came on board. But uh, I don't know. I, I think we need to see some better play across the board for this offense. Again, Auburn, one of the best, if not the best defense we may face all year, at least before we, if we get into a college football playoff situation. Um, so I do expect them to perform much better, even under the, the bright lights of Papa John. Yeah, I can't say a point total, but I, I think because of, I think we're going to find out how good of a defense Auburn was um, because we're going to go against a lesser defense and I think we will have success. Um, I, I tend to think you know it's going to be closer to like twenty eight though. Yeah, we'll we'll put up we'll put up some touchdowns. Do you think twenty eight beats Lamar Jackson? I hope so. I don't know. If, I don't know if this is the kind of offense that can win a barn burner. I just so I hope you know that's twenty eight's enough can hold him. He you know Houston was able to do it last year with that formula. And uh, who did they play in the bowl? Was it LSU? They did the same. Yeah. Well, our defense is definitely good enough. We know that. Again, I think they're the best defense in the country and. When you're the best defense in the country, you can defend teams like this, especially when they're just one guy. And this would be the game where we could get, we would like to get some defensive or special teams points as well, give that offense a break. But in looking, um, well, I think Louisville does have some problems in their in their kick coverage. I think it's only a matter of time before Ray Ray takes one to the house. Just take it all the way to the house. Don't drop it yeah. on the on the one yard line. <laughs> all the way in. Take it. Set it next to the goalpost. And let me throw a surprise like X Factor too. And that's Travis Etienne. I, I, if you keep seeing, like you, you mentioned Feaster, and I, I think I might agree with that. Um, give him a chance. See if you give give a guy some flow, the rhythm yeah. of the game. When Wayne Gallman got in that role, that's when you saw him emerge. Maybe give Feaster that opportunity, but if not, yeah, Etienne doesn't really have to get in the flow of the game. He goes in playing 100 absolutely. miles an hour. And this isn't Auburn's defensive line, which is I can see why they held him last game. Really good defense bang him around he might pop up uh, cough up the ball but yeah you're right this may be an opportunity for him somebody somebody needs to grab it right take the job somebody has to 
Definitely. Well, uh, I think, you know, the, this may be the tallest task of the offensive coordinators um, in terms of being able to have a game plan where Clemson can play from behind. Um, if it should come to that, this is likely to be one of the highest powered offenses we'll face this season. Um, so that's something that hopefully they, they've got a, a set game plan to, you know, get the offense going. I, I think I'd prefer to have the game plan from the start, play more of a ball control game personally, as mentioned. Um, well, we will. We are definitely looking forward to this game. We will have the podcast's uh, preview predictions um, up later on this week. Elsewhere in the country, looking around at game action this coming weekend, any games stick out to you guys outside of ours? Well, we spoke about these two teams, Oklahoma State, Pitt, more so to see what Oklahoma State does um, uh, in comparison to what Penn State did to Pitt. Uh, otherwise, not a lot of good games. Texas at USC. Interesting to see how um, Tom Herman bounces back. It's going to be a blowout. You USC think so against 30. USC? Yeah, definitely. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm not really not really looking forward to anything else on the schedule. Um, I, I might even tune into the Alabama Colorado State game. Um, see see how Jalen Hurts is faring there. But um, across the board, I mean. This is a lot of teams that revert back to playing kind of what we'll do when we face BC next week, um, just sort of lesser teams on their schedule. But um, Tennessee, Florida, technically that's a ranked game, but I don't know. I don't think I'm going to watch a minute of that. No, because I think they're both overrated. Yeah, and the WNBA playoffs are on, so I'm going to be tuning into that. For sure. <laughs> Forgot about that. Uh, well, another South Carolina plays uh, another Kentucky school in Kentucky. That'd be, be riveting. Um, and I guess Virginia Tech, ECU. ECU's in a bad way. Virginia Tech's favored by three touchdowns. So if you want to get a leg up, taking a look at a future opponent, they kick off at 1230 on Saturday. I think that is something to key. I think we need to start following Virginia Tech a little bit closer as we get closer to this game um, to really test, you know, see if they pass the eye test for us to see how good they really are. Because that's going to be a game in Blacksburg. That's a tough place to pay, play. That's one of the biggest games we have left on our schedule. Yeah, Virginia Tech played Delaware this past weekend, had struggles on offense early. Um, Their only points early on were special teams points, so took took them till the second quarter to figure out Delaware. Um, We're not too successful running the football in that game, so that's something to, again, key in on ahead of our matchup. Well, you know, Delaware does run some very complex schematic packages. They throw a lot out to you. Blue hands. Yeah, like the Delaware of yesteryear. I remember those <laughs> classic 1950s Delaware teams. Ben, we, we wish you safety and not too much bourbon drinking in Kentucky. Well, like enough, a fair amount. Will be enough. But like come back, you know? Yeah, yeah I will. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Flying Let me just say, I've been to Louisville a few times. Amazing city, amazing hospitality. You're going to have a blast. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, the Bengals-Texans game, that's going to be awesome, followed by downtown Louisville and do the bourbon trail the game on Saturday then some Churchill Downs on Sunday that's gonna be a lot of fun bet on some ponies good stuff man we'll have a great trip wear my big floppy hat chances are Cody and I will be back with you guys in a week uh, to recap this game hopefully it's another victory any parting thoughts boys no again to, to all our friends and family and everybody else down there Florida South Carolina Georgia really thinking Texas. you guys Texas same you know same to people in Texas um Tough hurricane season. Got Jose coming after that, Irma. So hopefully that veers back off into the ocean. But 
the thoughts of you guys, um, all the football players of the various college teams and professional teams down there, and, and your families that are in harm's way. We know there's a certain point where there's things more important in life than, than football, and this is one of those times. Absolutely. Um, and, and on a positive note, you know, we're definitely looking forward to continuing to post video previews. Um, so check those out on our Twitter feed. We're doing those in collaboration with Shaking the Southland. Um, should have one coming up for the Louisville game this Friday. Yeah, and, and leave us a review. Did you say this? Leave us a review on, on iTunes if you haven't already. And if you, if you want to leave a review, leave a good one, four or five star preferably. If you're going to leave a bad review, just don't leave it at all. Um, you can talk send shit it. on Twitter. You can we send don't it to Cody's email address. Yeah, this is a free podcast. Just we'll, we'll, just turn it off if you don't like it. We told you last <laughs> time, guys. Cody's a millennial. He has a fragile ego. I here. do. He took that one. He took that one hard. I had to sit out a week because it hurt my yeah. feelings so much. <laughs> Indeed. Well, uh, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Remember, tell a friend. Um, let's let's get one up here in Louisville. With that, go Tigers. And I'm so I'm so happy for our family. It's not, it's not, this is not for just us. This is for the Taj Boyds, the Stephon Anthony's, the Grady Jarrett's, the New Hopkins, Sammy Watkins. Y'all built this. Y'all started this foundation. And all we did is build upon it. And we finished it. It's been 35 long years. Clemson, y'all been waiting 35 years. It's finally coming home, baby. It's coming home. More importantly, what, who are we going to make fun of in the intro? Um, oh, gosh. Damn it, I need to write these things down when I think about it. Urban Meyer hospitalized. Really? For saddle sores. For what? I don't know. Oh, I thought you were like, being, being no. real, like it really happened. You being, were fun of <laughs> being run over by a wagon wheel. Oklahoma won the Clemson Consolation Bowl. You got to make fun of Baker Mayfield trying to plant the flag and it not sticking in the ground. Did it not stick? Did it? I don't. I, don't. I feel like there's a reference to a, a police officer tackling him somewhere in there. If we could just tie those two Hold together. On. Hold on. Baker Mayfield is as good at planting flags as he, as he, he is, is at evading cops. <laughs>